Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Ryan Roberts. And this is the last show we're doing, Ryan. This is the last show before the draft kicks off. I know that's, I realize now that as I said that, it made it seem like I was canceling the show. No, this is the last show that we're doing before the draft. It's coming out on Wednesday, the day before the draft. We're sharing our big board today. We're sharing our collaborative big board, which a little bit of a disagreement on some of yes. these. And, you know, you, you texted me uh, and also indicated some hatred for one specific guy and how highly I placed him. But separate from that, yep. Ryan, how are you doing today, man? This feels so weird today. We're so close. It's busy, man. It's super busy. I don't know how many radio spots you have over the next couple of days, but like I'm a little overwhelmed, to be honest, man. It's, it's been a lot. It's been yeah. a lot. But I uh, usually this is my favorite time of the year because you get to sit back and just watch people lose their minds over rumors the last couple of days before the draft. I mean, isn't it awesome that everyone lost their minds because everyone's betting on Will Levis to be the first quarterback because of a Reddit oh, post? A Reddit post. A Reddit, Reddit post. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's why they ask for so work many people cited, have asked man. You about that. That's why they work for a work cited page for your sources. Come on, man. It's stupid. I, I've had every every radio spot I did yesterday ask me about that. And yes. I'm like, it's a Reddit post. They manipulated the stock market. We're not like <laughs> don't don't listen to this crap. It's not it's not real. There's no actual sourcing. The real sourcing has indicated who the first overall pick probably will be. And it sounds like it's Bryce Young. Yep. So let's trust that info, not the random, you know, sleaze ball on on Reddit. Sleaze ball. That's a good way to put it, man. Now it's it was it was just like, we're... Joe. This was like the initial thing. Remember when when everyone said it was CJ Stroud? And I'm like, you know why everyone thinks it's CJ Stroud because of YouTube video. Do you understand? You, you get that right? You get that it's a YouTube but, video. It's a YouTube video. But that, that was that but that was at least educated context of like, okay, how. The quarterback coach is literally fawning over this kid in a video. That at least – I'll at least give that one I could make the argument for. Yeah. But for some random guy on Reddit, be like, Will Levis told his mom that he's going to the Panthers. <laughs> like That's not – it's not enough info for me to go, yes, this, this yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, man. We just – again, check your sources. Make sure you have people close to you. All the educated people in the draft industry are indicating it's Bryce Young. You know, until the – Dane Bruglers, Lance Zerlines, like those types of people in the world are saying, oh, yeah, no, I actually think it might be Will Levis. I think we're okay here. So the chaos is not quite ensued, even though I do think Will Levis is going to be the second quarterback off the board, which is still bad enough. But that's the world we're yeah. living in right now, man. So, Well, last thought on this before we get into the big the big board. Um, if someone did have that betting information, they're not posting it on Reddit for you to change the lines. Yes. They're not. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess unless they... Unless they made the bet before the line changed, obviously. But yeah, but like, what do they get out of sharing that info? Anyone who has inside information, also to make public knowledge of something that you're not supposed like that's. I don't know if that's totally legal to do. I don't know what the legal. implications well, are are on that. Yeah, yeah. To publicly share that in a large forum. Yeah, it's yeah. not totally legal. True. Yeah, um, that's a good point. All right, let's get into our big board, Ryan. So for those who need an explanation on this, I'd like to reiterate, a big board is not a mock draft. Apparently, some people that 
especially someone who Ryan had a back and forth with on Twitter, don't understand that these things are different. So to quickly explain, this is our ranking of the prospects. It doesn't mean where we think they're going to get drafted or how high we would draft them. Positional value comes into play once the mock draft and the actual draft starts. This is instead, again, ranking every single player in the class, and we are doing the top 25. I want to start us off with picks 25 through 17. We're going to talk about these guys in a little bit shorter of a breakdown, and the top guys we're going to break down a little bit further But at 25, Clark Phillips, the cornerback from Utah. 24 is Ricky Stromberg, the center from Arkansas. At 23, Joey Porter Jr., the Penn State corner. 22, Kalijah Cansey, the Pitt defensive tackle. 21, Will McDonald, the edge rusher from Iowa State. Jackson Smith and Jigba at 20, the Ohio State wide receiver. Brian Branch, the Alabama safety at 19. Jameer Gibbs, The Alabama running back at 18 and then 17 is Anthony Richardson, the Florida quarterback. I'm kind of giggling over some of the guys that I know that got shoved into here on my list that were no, I know for a fact were not on your list. Well, but uh, we had both sides of that coin though. We had both sides because I mean, so people understand, but I agree. I disagree less with you than you disagree with me. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with underdog fantasy ever since i joined i've been having so much fun there are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting i'm not the biggest basketball fan but it has made it way more entertaining since i found underdog fantasy and my favorite game to play so far which i think you should try out is pick them it is so easy to play just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night underdog keeps it simple With their easy-to-use website and mobile apps, pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, BetOnline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA, uh, especially again during the offseason. Always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's BetOnline.ag and use promo code BELIEVE50. It's promo code BELIEVE50 to get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, well, we can have a talking point real quick about this, right? Okay. Because like this is more like a okay. reaction type of thing. So for people that don't like want to know kind of the thought process around this, me and Joe made our top 30 lists each. And basically, we averaged out the picks. So like if Joe had someone at 10, I had someone at 20, that would average out to 15, right? Just kind of for like point value. And then that would go accordingly onto the big board. If I didn't have a player on there and say Joe did, it would be what Joe's number is. And then I added it plus 31 and then divided it by two, right? And then vice versa. So if, so if someone didn't make the list on each, each side, they got 31 for the person that didn't have them on the list. So... That put players on this list, like for instance, Joey Porter Jr. and Kalijah Kansi were two players that Joe had on his top 25 that I did not have in my top 25. Mm-hmm. That So they were, and they were both pushed up ver- uh, into the top 25 because they were pretty high on Joe's list despite not being in my top 30 
And then vice versa, I had Brian Branch super high. I think I had Brian Branch as my ninth overall player, and you didn't have him in your top yeah. 30. And that was one guy that was pushed up, obviously, because I had him so high. So for some context. Yeah, and I, I, I have no problem. So that's what I was kind of getting at is yeah. that like some of these guys, you have them a lot higher. I think that the guys that I had in my top 30, you would not be able to and willing to make an argument for them. And the other side of that, I think I could make those arguments for a guy like Brian Branch. But I want to talk about some of the guys that we do have in common. So sure. two that I feel as though we're higher on than the consensus is one, Ricky Stromberg, and yep. then two, Will McDonald. Ricky Stromberg, we had on the show. We've talked about him at length. He's one of the guys that we've both sat here and, and been like, we don't get why the NFL doesn't love him. And we've had some context provided to us from the NFL on why yep. they're not in love with him. I think this is the best center in the class. The I guy do, is fantastic. Yeah. And then with this edge talent, Will McDonald should be a first-round pick, I think, when it's all said and done at the very end of the first round. I mean, Joe, he's one guy that we we were pretty close on. I think I had him at 19, and you probably had him like 23, somewhere like that, right? You had him in your top 25, though. I think he is the one of the very few players in this class, though, that is a true outside track kid, a guy that can really bend and dip and run under the table. We don't have a ton of guys like that in this class, man. Will McDonald, incredible speed, the power guy, can win outside track with his first step quickness out of his stance, but he's not necessarily an incredibly bendy dude. Miles Murphy has some good bend for 270, but he's not also not the bendiest outside guy. Tyree Wilson is not at all a bendy guy. Like Those guys aren't that type of dude. So Will McDonald's kind of a rare case in this class, which I think makes him super interesting. And we've been talking blue in the face about Ricky Stromberg, man. I mean, the, the point blank to this is, this is the evaluation versus where predictive, right? The predictive mm. is, by everything I'm hearing, Ricky Stromberg is going to go in the third to fourth round. It's just where he's going to go, in my opinion. Late day two, early day three. I still value him tremendously. I think he's going to be a starting center early on in his career. I really do, man, because I understand... There's some concerns over his playing weights that he played at Arkansas. There were sometimes he was a little high, sometimes he was a little low. I guess the concerns are trying to find a consistent weight where you are at your best version of yourself, which is like, cool, we, we can have that conversation, right? But something that's a little overblown slightly. The kid can move, really good mover. I think he's got an underrated power profile. And I just think that he checks all the boxes, man. And he played it at a high level in the SEC over the last couple of years. I love Ricky Stromberg. I think he's going to be the best center in the class when it all is said and done. But he is going to be the outlier for us on this show because we're higher on him than a lot of people. So we're either going to be look really smart in a couple years or we're going to eat a little bit of crow, I guess, mm. to a degree. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, obviously. A final thought on this first grouping. Yep. I, I noticed that we don't have any re- – we have one receiver yes. that made the entire top 25 <laughs> of both of our rankings, which is – it's really odd, it, to yeah. be quite honest. It's odd, but at the same time, we've sat here and we've talked about on the show and on every radio spot that I've talked about, I've said, this receiver class isn't sexy. This yep. isn't a good receiver class. So for Jackson Smith and Jigba to sneak into the top 25 and to be there without a season of football that he had, didn't play at all this year really, that to me is pretty telling of what we should expect from this grouping, that we're not going to get a lot of stars, but it's going to be a lot of complimentary pieces instead. I I had I was on a radio station with a guy that focuses more on like the New York Giants and he was asking me like pick twenty five like who's the wide receiver you would take I was like man <laughs> like I was like uh Josh Downs Zay Flowers maybe Quentin Johnston if he's there like it, it's just 
it's a good class if you need like the small, I want to call them gadget players, but like secondary options of receivers, right? Like I could see Josh Downs being a DJ Morris type of football player, right? Because he's a Flowers being a really dynamic space player. But if you're looking for that true outside alpha in this class, it's just not that many guys. Not I mean, there. if it's not Quentin Johnson in this class, I just don't know who it's going to be, man. I mean, Cedric Tillman, sort of. I mean, like, I like Cedric Tillman, but, like, he's not, like, a number one wide receiver at the next level. Like, I don't see that. So, unless – if it's not Quentin Johnson as one of those outside receivers, just don't see a ton of impact outside the numbers in this class, man. I just really don't. By the way, a final – actually, I lied on final thoughts. Yes. Uh, I just noticed now, Will Levis didn't make our list at all. And <laughs> Is that my top three? Look, yeah. Look, I'm going to be blunt here. I've said this on a lot of these spots and I'm not trying to be disparaging, but like, I don't get the hype. I really don't understand it. I think most media people don't get the hype. And it's one of those things where, you know, what pisses me off too about the whole Will Levis thing is that like the former NFL folk that are now in the media and and, and such are, are are kind of pompous about opinions on him. They're like, Oh, like this, this is the kid. Like this is a great kid. They're just so, uh, so confident that he's going to work out. I don't know what you've seen on tape that makes you confident. Again, yeah. I don't want to be too disparaging on, on our thoughts on him, but have fun. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. Have fun with Will Levis. It doesn't make a lot of sense I, to me. I had I had literally – I'm looking at my list again, man, and like I had – I had a third-round grade on Will Levis. So I had three quarterbacks in my top 30. Anthony Richardson was the last one at 28, and that one is purely off of upside, right? But – Will Levis, I think, is a third-round quarterback right now. I think that he's a day-two quarterback that has developmental upside. But to your point, Joe, like he's that guy that's just been bolstered up in this class this year where it's just like, I get it, but also I don't get it, right? Because it's like you can't you can't stroke the upside cord all day with Will Levis and not acknowledge it for Anthony Richardson. Like you can't do that, right? Like you just can't. So, yeah, man, I'm all the way out on Will Levis. I am. I, I just – just just wouldn't take a gamble on him in the first, man. I just really wouldn't. So I wasn't shocked that he wasn't in either one of our top 30s because despite people not understanding this concept, this is film grades that we're talking about with a built big board, right? Like I'm not putting positional value into this. For instance, yes. Bryce Young was my eighth ranked player in this class. Eighth ranked. Oh, wow. But that means that he would – I mean he'll still end up being – you know, if we factor in a positional value, he's going to be right near the top of the board, potential first overall pick, which he probably will be to the Carolina Panthers, 99% likely at this point. But, I mean, I would still say Jalen Carter is a better player than he is just in a vacuum. Will Anderson is. But Bryce Young plays the position that everyone needs, so that's why he would be higher when you're talking about the positional value conversation. The next tier list that we've got, starting at pick 16, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, Christian Gonzalez, at 15, the Oregon corner. At 14, Broderick Jones, the Georgia offensive tackle. Lucas Van Ness at 13, the Iowa edge. Brian Brzee, the Clemson defensive tackle at 12. Paris Johnson Jr. at 11, Ohio State offensive tackle. Miles Murphy, number 10, Clemson edge. Number nine, Trenton Simpson, yep. Clemson linebacker. And then number eight, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback. So a couple things that stand out to me already here one the the clear one this is a really big chunk of offensive tackles and edge rushers for the most part and i think that's really telling of where the top end talent is that there's four really good tackles and there's another guy that we're going to get to in a second that's on the outside of this that's higher up 
Um, but there's really good tackles. Those four guys that are going to go in the first round that are good enough to go in the fir- first round, three of them are in here. And then on top of that, the edge rushers, you can't go wrong if you're picking in the top 15 and take one of these edge rushers. You're going to get a very quality starter if you take one of these guys. I, it's really cool, man. Honestly, just kind of looking at our list a little bit because I, I didn't even realize that until you made that point, Joe, that the most important positions in football are represented in the bulk of this list, right? Like you mentioned offensive tackles, pass rushers, quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and corners. You know, like those are probably the four most the, – the spots that are most represented on this list. And I think that that really represents the game today, right? Like what's the most important position in football? Quarterback. What's after that? Great conversation between offensive tackles and defensive ends, pass rushers. Great conversation there. And then I would say cornerback is a position that is so much more important than it once was and is continuing to get more and more important as this game continues to get more and more wide open. So I think this is kind of mirroring the trend of the NFL right now, which is kind of cool to kind of look at the list and know that that's kind of the trajectory it's going in. The other spot here too, two guys that were very high on compared to the consensus again. Yeah. Trent Simpson from Clemson. Yep. Brian Brzee from Clemson. Both of those guys have actually, I've seen some people say that they're not first round picks. And I, to be honest, I don't really understand that because Trenton Simpson as an athlete is just so good. And it's not like it's a, an athlete running aimlessly and making mistakes. The guy's got great instincts. I think he's very reactive. I don't understand why more people aren't willing to place him one in the top 15 of, of these prospect rankings, but two to project him as a top 20 pick and say that he's clearly the number one linebacker in the class. The guy is just so well-rounded and I, I don't want to, I'm tired of overthinking well-rounded, good football players. I think maybe it might be a positional value thing that comes into play here. It is. The other one too, for some reason with Brian Brzee, everyone keeps bringing up the injury history. And I got asked this on a show, like, are you worried about the injury history? And you had pointed out early on in this process that this year he was perfectly healthy and missed time for uh, personal reasons. Yes. That was yeah. it. Like yeah. the, the guy's been available. What have you done for me lately? He was fully available. He's the only guy that I know that could play from a zero all the way out to a seven. He can play <laughs> all over a defensive line. He's got the pass rush upside. He can do so much. So like, I don't want to overthink guys that are versatile. Is he maybe not as productive as, you know, a Jalen Carter? Yes. But is there importance for a role like this? Absolutely. I think that he should be a, a top 20 pick as well. Well, and I think in this class that has so few true first round overall, like first round picks in a vacuum, like it's not hard to bet on Brian Brissett from a talent level perspective. I mean, the kid was six, six, five and a half, just a hair under 300 pounds, ran four, eight, six, you know, had the, you know, bench press numbers, the short area numbers. It's just like, this kid's a freak of nature, talent-wise. Yes, the production doesn't match the talent yet, but, I mean, we can't discount that. There was a year that was killed because of injury. And then, I mean, you definitely can't hold against him that his little sister passed away this year. Like, that's yeah. completely out of his control, man. Like, he has zero control over that. And that just awful news that kind of came his way. So, I don't hold that against him, right? I think that when you look at it, still only 21 years old. He's still a super young, one of the youngest players in this class, Brian Brissy. And I think that as he gets into the right system and they're really able to de- continue to develop his game, man, he's a star. He's going to be a star, I think, at the next level. I really do. He is one of those few players 
I think this is the most overused thing in the world, Joe. People say he's going to be a better NFL player than he was a college player. I'm just like, that rarely, rarely, rarely ever happens. Remember Brian Brissy? Yeah. That's a good possibility, man. He could be a much better NFL player than he was a college player. So I just banking on upside there. And then Trent Simpson, yes, it's the linebacker thing. Linebackers are becoming extremely undervalued, but not every linebacker looks and moves the way that Trenton Simpson does. So rare athlete at the position, Trenton. Last grouping that we've got, Ryan. Number seven is Peter Skronsky, the Northwestern offensive tackle. Devin Witherspoon at six, the Illinois cornerback. Five is Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback. Number four, Bijan Robinson, Texas running back. Number three, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end. Number two, Will Anderson, Alabama edge rusher. And then number one, Jalen Carter, Georgia. I, I know that some people might like sit here and try to pick this ranking apart, but yeah. like that is probably the most agreement with the consensus that I've could have possibly have seen. I think that is I think if you ask anybody who are the top seven players in this class, they're all gonna pull up five of those guys, at yeah. least five of those guys. And it all makes sense. I think that all of these players are the most ready to play right now and are all justifiably the best at their positions. All of these guys, all of these guys are going to step in right away and have an immediate impact. And I think that Peter Skaronsky maybe is the one that you do have some people who push back on. But you know what? If you're so worried about the arm length thing and the guy plays guard, he's going to be one of the best guards in the NFL at the start of his career. I don't think that's a hot take. It's not a crazy thing to say. He is a very good football player, and so are all of these guys that are ranked as such. You know the person that people are actually going to push back on the most is Michael Mayer that high. People are going to push back the most on that one, which – I understand, man. I get it. Tight I think at the beginning of the cycle, no one would have. It's just suddenly, you know, the, yeah. it's, whatever. It's, it's, it's become the uh, popular thing to say that Michael Mayer is extremely overrated. I get it, man. And I'll also, again, we're evaluating in a vacuum. We're not saying Michael Mayer is going to be the third pick off the board. I'm not even saying Michael Mayer is going to be a 10th pick off the board. I think the board starts for Michael Mayer pick 13, if I'm being honest. Like 13 to the Green Bay Packers and then 28 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Somewhere in that window is where Michael Mayer is going to get drafted, in my opinion. But I still think he's a top 10 player in this class. I know there's an opinion on Twitter that if if you wouldn't take B. John Robinson in the top five, you can't rank him top five. Dumbest, dumbest, dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's a top five player in this class. It, this is... One of those situations again, where I, when I'm watching film, I'm not grading a player. I'm not grading a player, and I'm not putting positional value into the conversation. There, that's where we start predicting and doing the mock drafts and having that type of conversation, right? So Bijan is. Uh, I mean, I think the three blue chip players in this class, in my opinion, Joe, are Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, and Bijan Robinson. Those are the blue chips. Yep. Those are the guys that in any single draft class they would be a top ten player in the class. Like that's that's who they are, in my opinion. Devin Witherspoon was glad that he was as high as he was on this list because my dude is a dog. Best corner in the class, in my opinion. I think he plays with just a a competitiveness that is just – it's incredible to watch, man. It really is. So I I, I wasn't a huge – wasn't many huge surprises on this list. But again, I think the one people that will push back on is Michael Mayer, that high at number three. Final thought, and I had – when I put out my top 10 prospects yesterday, yep. Yep. Uh, I had all the radio hosts ask me like, wow, you've got Jalen Carter at one. And to further explain this, and I explained this when I was when this was brought up, the, I don't factor in, and you're not going to factor in those off-the-field concerns with the player ranking. This is talent. If we're talking about the most talented player, it's Jalen Carter. There aren't guys that can move the way that he can, that can anchor the way that he can uh, against double teams and then – 
make plays against the run while being double teamed. It's just such a rare build and athletic profile. The guy is going to be really good if he can figure it out. Is there a chance that he does something stupid and things don't end up turning out the way that we hope? It's always yes, that it's chance. Possibility. Always that chance. There's always a chance of that. But yeah. right situation and a team that's willing to be patient, Jalen Carter is the best player in the class. I think so. I, I mean, I, I feel like I said this a few weeks ago before the incident even happened. Keep People kind of lost their minds a little bit on that one too, man. I just, when you ask me who's the rarest player in this class, my answer would be Jalen Carter. Like, I, I think that we see Will Anderson-esque type of talents come around every so often, right? Like, we see the Miles Garretts. We see the Chase Youngs. We see those types of talents coming out. Even the Nick and Joey Boses. Like, we see them. Not every draft you see a... Jalen Carter come around. I mean, when's the last time we had a defensive tackle like this, right? Like a Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, well, Quentin Williams to a degree, I guess, was close to this type. But even I think that Jalen is a better prospect than even what Quentin was coming yeah. out of Alabama. Like, just don't see these guys coming out too often, man. And people forget Aaron Donald was a great prospect coming out, but Aaron Donald wasn't like a foregone conclusion, right? Like, he was an outlier at his time when he was coming out of the University of Pittsburgh. So I think as long as everything is on straights, eyes are focused, tunnel vision, you know, whatever. Full hearts whatever, can't lose. Whatever, yeah, whatever random cliche you want to throw out there, Jalen Carter can be special. He's that type of talent. Folks, that's our big board. The cycle's done. The cycle's done. It's We're going to be coming at you uh, with a breakdown and a reaction to hopefully all three rounds after they're done. It's going to be a long weekend, but you know what? It's our favorite time of year. Joe DeLeon, Ryan Roberts, at Joe DeLeon, at Rising Draft. We'll be back. Enjoy the draft, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.